0: And we're little after 4 o'clock, which means you've got uh, just under an hour to contact us, call in, and talk to Leah about your uh, employment needs. Uh, hopefully now the hail is gone. We get a hail of phone calls for the remainder of the, uh, the afternoon. The number, by the way, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get to the week that was, uh, we'll talk about harassment and a bunch of other topics, maybe some emails as well. Uh, but as always, the phone calls are the number one concern. So you have carte blanche with calling over the next hour. And asking your questions uh, whether it has to do with a, a severance offer you've had. Maybe you're calling for a friend who's a little bashful. Maybe you've got some employment concerns, your boss. Maybe you're up for a new job and you got an employment contract sitting in front of you. And you haven't returned it yet wisely because you haven't had it looked at by Leah or a member of the team. That is a good place to start as well. Email is help at employmenthour.com. But as promised, my pal. What is happening with the week that was?
1: Yeah, the week that was. Excited to get going here. Because there is, as mm-hmm. always, so much to talk about um, in in any given week. And this one in particular, because I feel like the first thing that I want to talk about is one of those things that's just been hitting me from all angles for so long. And that is, you know, you and I have had a number of phone calls on this show in particular that have involved um, individuals who feel like their rights are being um, contravened or exploited, but right. don't feel that... They have any recourse or are nervous about what the ramifications to their mm-hmm. job are going to be if they go forward with that. Um, you know, and, and people call me with those, with those kinds of concerns all the time. Uh, you know, in, in the day to day course of my job. And then also this past weekend, I saw a Globe and Mail investigation about foreign workers being exploited. Um, you know, individuals who immigrate to Canada and they are Offered these jobs usually through a recruiter or some sort of so-called immigration consultant to be set up with an employer, and then the employer, to save money, uh, you know, pays them below right. minimum wage, doesn't pay them overtime, hmm. um, contravenes every possible uh, law there is to to support these workers, um, and you know, a, a lot of the reason why this is allowed to continue is because these employees. And I don't just mean foreign workers, this extends to anybody who feels like they, they can't afford to anger their employers. Uh, in any sense by making a complaint, these contraventions go go unpenalized and so the problem becomes fairly systemic. So I wanted to take a couple of minutes today to t- to chat about the Employment Standards Branch. Um, you know, obviously lawyers are, are there for employees as well. Myself and my firm, we do a lot of free consultations and so always happy to talk to anybody confidentially about what your options are and what's going on in your workplace, but the Employment Standards Branch is a a provincial institution that's set up specifically to deal with the minimum requirements uh, that your employer is supposed to meet um, you know and and that because that's what it's there for it's very accessible um, imp- you know the if you just go online go to a local library use a computer Google employment standards branch and there are so many self-help guides online, a lot of fact sheets that are specifically designed to explain right. how the employment standards wor- a branch works for the public. And the important thing to recognize here is that it covers every employee. Okay, it covers every employee. That includes foreign workers, it includes people who are working part-time. Uh it includes everybody as long as you are not uh, a contractor. And of course, I mean this is a sidebar issue, but if you have any questions about whether or not you're a contractor or an employee, that is definitely something that a lawyer can help out with and I'd be happy to chat with you about that. But most cases you're going to be covered under the employment standards act and the employment standards act covers very very basic things like your minimum wage you know what kind of breaks you're entitled to during the day your entitlement to statutory right. holiday pay your entitlement to vacation pay overtime and as we spoke about the last time we had the show john these really important provisions against being overworked right the the ma- the yep. maximum amount of time that you can work in a week but also the general provision that says that you just can't be overworked. You, you can't push somebody to the point of undue hardship. Um, and so these were, every worker in British Columbia, every employee in British Columbia is very well protected by this legislation. And if you, uh, bring a complaint through the Employment Standards Act, uh, there are a myriad of possible things that the delegate for the Employment Standards Branch can do. So it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to end up in this hearing confronting your employer. Uh, and and actually on that note is one pretty key step that I wanted to clarify as well for people because it's something okay. that I just had clarified for myself, which is that... Uh, Online, the Employment Standards Branch, they tell every employee who has a possible complaint to, before you make a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch, you have to utilize what's called a self-help kit. And a self-help kit is something that, it's a funny name for it just means try to help yourself. So try to address the problem, uh, write a letter to your employer, and see if you can get the the problem um, solved just between the two of you. The website makes it sound like this is mandatory, like you can't make the complaint to the employment standards branch until you use the self-help kit. And in my view, I feel like for a lot of people who feel intimidated against making a complaint in the first place, having the first step be confront your employer is probably gonna be a major turnoff from ever trying to enforce your rights under the Employment Standards Act. What I just found out this week is that the reason why it's phrased the way that it is is because it's really just meant to strongly encourage employees to try to resolve it on their own, but it's not a mandatory step. You can, in fact, bring a complaint directly to the Employment Standards Branch, and then you can speak directly with the delegate about how you'd like them to deal with that complaint. You can have uh, an investigation You can have a mediation where you just try to resolve things uh, amicably and informally or if you'd like it can go to a hearing uh, where there's going to be an eventual determination importantly here uh, in addition to everything else is that if the employer is found to be in contravention of the employment standards act there are also going to be fines and importantly there are extra fines and these fines can be pretty penalizing if the employer is found to punish the complainant for making the complaint so You as an employee are very well protected. You have this piece of legislation there that's designed to protect you. You have a a a body, an adjudicative body, the Employment Standards Branch, that's sole reason for existence is to ensure that employees are treated fairly in the workplace. And there are so many possible ways that a complaint can be dealt with by the Employment Standards Branch once a complaint is brought forward. that there really is, in my view, very few reasons to avoid bringing it forward in the first place. Uh, Like I said, those employers that take penalizing actions against those employees for bringing those complaints will be penalized themselves and, and probably a lot more harshly. Again, though, you do only have six months to make a complaint. So it's important that you do act fairly promptly if you want to make this complaint to the employment standards branch. And of course, any questions, if you want to talk about your options, I'm I'm happy, more than happy to help. It, It drives me crazy to think that there are people out there who are having their rights contravened every single day and they're not doing anything about them because they're afraid of losing their jobs. There are so many ways that you can protect yourself while continuing to keep your job.
0: I want to get into a, another week that was when it comes to taping conversations. First, I want to bounce over the phones as always. Top priority, Karen. Thank you for hanging on. How are you this afternoon?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for taking my call. I sure. run a not for prof- I run an not for pro- not for profit where I have over four uh, 350 university and high school students. One of the glaring omissions I find with these individuals is the ability for them to construct. Uh, resume cover letter that is effective, um, can capture the volunteer work that they do in the community. But it's really interesting. I was just listening to your uh, expert uh, on the radio and I was reflecting back on a couple of conversations I've had with some of the individuals that volunteer for us who have in fact experienced that kind of behavior from employers, and they've been intimidated to the point where they've been told to shut up or they're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And I've provided them with some guidance. But the other thing that I also noticed is work safe and safety in the workplace is a real um, missing factor with a lot of youth. Uh, WorkSafe BC claims that they have some of the largest um, injuries among the youth that exist in the workplace right now. And I wanted to know some of the um, opportunities to be anonymous with, with these things because y- you can say that they, they can't fire you but in fact they will fire you especially if it's like a fast food place and you have somebody who owns one of and a lot of these kids just don't have the, um, the, uh, the ability to take this forward they're really intimidated so yeah. there's a way to do this anonymously
1: uh, unfortunately, not. There's there's not a way to do it anonymously. Um, there there might be a way to initiate a complaint anonymously, in order to uh, get the Employment Standards Branch to commence an investigation into whether or not there are mm. systemic um, contraventions of the Employment Standards Act. But in but my uh, impression and my experience has been that in order to reach a determination, there has to be some sort of evidence put forward by somebody of that contravention. So if you're claiming that you're not being paid overtime hours, there has to be an employee who's willing to say, look, here were the hours that I worked and here's my pay stub. And and that's right. almost impossible to do it anonymously. But I mean, Karen, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, employers can terminate anybody at any time for any reason. Um, and that includes technically for making a complaint and there are some employers out there who might say, you know what, I'm going to be fined X amount of money for doing this by the employment standards branch, but you know, to get rid of a problem employee to replace them with somebody else uh, is, is is worth it. And I'm using air quotes there. Um, so I think that the Employment Standards Branch goes a really long way to discouraging contraventions and that penalizing conduct. But at the end of the day, there needs to be a lot more that's done at that top end. Uh, what I can say is that the Employment Standards Act does specifically have provisions that are there for youth workers. Uh, and those tend to be much more protective. Um, so if if you have any questions about that, I'd be happy to, to chat about that with you as well.
0: Karen, appreciate the, uh, the opening call of the afternoon. You want to reach out talk to Leah, member of the team, please do so. 604-283-3123. There's also the option of email help at employmenthour.com. We'll take our first break for the day here and you're right back to it. Your phone calls, we're ready for you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Just getting rolling here. It's the Employment Hour on CKNW. And right back at it we go. Still lots of time. If you have a uh, question, want to call in, ask Leah, no problem. Take it from there, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Obviously a live show this afternoon, and we'd like to taught to you in between all the other topics we cover. Uh, SeverancePayCalculator.com. By the way, if you've ever wondered what uh, your severance would be in the event that you were let go, possibly you're looking at a severance letter right now, or for a friend, and you want to see you've been treated fairly. I can guarantee you probably haven't. So you'll want to <laughs> check out SeverancePayCalculator.com. But uh, before we get to the conversation of harassment, I know Leah, this one was uh, this was interesting when you sent it to me. I definitely want to talk about that as part of the week that was, and that would be taping conversations. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's all in the news lately because of, um, Jodie Wilson-Raybold and the SNC Lavalin uh-huh. controversy, uh, and how she submitted, uh, recordings of the conversation, the phone conversation that she had with the former privy council clerk. Uh, but it's, it's generated a lot of conversation uh from an employment perspective as well it's you know employment related issues can be uh tied to just about anything you hear in the news um i i feel maybe that's just because i'm constantly looking for the connection but in in this situation uh you know leor who who hosts this show as well and i disagree on whether or not tape recording conversations is Ethical. Um, I think he thinks that it isn't. Um, I think that it is uh, in most cases. Um, But the question about whether or not tape recording conversations is legal uh, is pretty straightforward. And the answer to that is yes, it is legal. Now, it may, the reason why there's some just debate about that about uh, Jody Wilson Raybould is because. Uh, it's there's some question as to whether or not she was acting as a lawyer in capacity uh, of either in the capacity of tape recording a conversation with a client who would have been the government mm. or another lawyer. Uh, and that is barred by uh, many codes of conduct at uh, in law societies, provincial law societies. But in terms of two citizens, um, recording conversations, as long as you are one of the parties who is participating in the conversation, and that's the key part there, um, Mm -hmm. is part of the conversation, then then it's perfectly legal. One party to the conversation has to consent and that person can be you. So if you and I, John, have a conversation off air and I decide to record it, um, I am part of that conversation. I obviously consent to the recording because I'm recording it. And so therefore recording that conversation makes it legal. I've found, and actually there was a, uh, a case that I just settled, a just cause case that I settled quite favorably. And I think that a big reason for that was because the client had recorded a bunch of conversations. Uh, I find that these tape recordings can be extremely useful if you are in a disciplinary meeting or in a termination meeting, uh, or if you're trying to build a harassment case, which which we'll get to in a second. I think that ultimately some judges might find it to be unethical, right? Some judges might agree with Lior and think that it's unethical to do so, or at least kind of shady, right? It might color your credibility a little bit, um, especially if there's a power imbalance there. And that's generally why a lawyer can't record a conversation with a client. Uh, I would imagine too that a doctor can't record a conversation with a patient. Um, I think that the rules are a little bit different if you're an employer recording a conversation with an employee versus the other way around. Um, So I think that the power dynamic between the parties will ultimately play a role in how the judge views your conduct from an ethics perspective in, in how or whether or not to weigh that evidence. But you can imagine, I bet that there are a lot of situations where this is really useful, right? And I think it's important to keep in mind too, that oftentimes um, employment law cases never even get to trial right you see you're never even gonna have to worry about what yep. a judge is going to think about your recording most cases are going to settle and in this case for example the reason why this just cause case was able to settle so quickly and so effectively was because right away You know, to the extent that the employer was saying, no, 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 that never happened. He never, he never called in to say that he had a doctor's note and asked for an extension of time. He just abandoned his job. I was able to say, guess what? He has a recording of himself calling into HR and making exactly those requests. And if the other side knows that you have this recording, that's pretty powerful. uh, And they're going to be a lot more likely to settle. So, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to encourage on public radio to start recording your conversations with everybody on your iPhone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there have been a lot of questions about the legality of that, the admissibility of that kind of evidence, and I think that for those people who are going into meetings where they feel outnumbered or outmatched or like things are going to be twisted against them, record it, right? You don't ever have to use yeah. it. But record it because it's perfectly legal. And if that helps you feel better, if that helps you, helps to give you the confidence to know that you've got this in your back pocket to prove your version of events if you need it, then I say go for it.
0: You know, it's it's funny, and I I think one of the uh, the places where, as you say, it might be handy to uh, record a conversation when it comes to employment is if if you're going in to talk to your boss, or your supervisor, and it's a uh, you know a forced resignation, and it's uh, it'll turn into a he sh- uh, said she said sort of situation. Where of course we know it's not a resignation in that case; it's a it's a it's a firing. But it's if you have it on tape, confirming like, look, I'm not leaving this job voluntary. You're telling me I have to quit. I just want to confirm that. If you have something like that on tape, you're uh, you're golden, right?
1: that that's a perfect example i think that for every every single situation i've seen where there's a forced resignation the employer is always going to take the position that oh we ne- we never told you to do that like you resigned right. completely right. of your own volition and look you signed this resignation letter if you've got a recording of that meeting where they say you know we need you to quit I mean, that's, that's as good as gold. So yeah, I mean, that's, unfortunately you can't always, um, you can't always predict what's going to be said during these meetings, but you know, that's what washrooms are for. (laughs) Excuse yourself, go down the hall to the bathroom, turn on your recording device on your phone and go back into the meeting and say, could you just, uh, could you just repeat yourself for a quick second? Yeah, I I think, I think why not, right? Again, if you don't need it or if you don't get what's said, you can, you can delete it off your phone. Don't take up the space or, you know, you don't ever have to use it. You can bring it to your lawyer and your lawyer might say, you know, we don't need it or I don't think that that's necessary or whatever else. But I find that that can be really empowering for employees to know that they have that option and that is what this is all about, right, is empowering employees and, and making the employment relationship a bit more equal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you know, how many times have you said, man, I wish I had a recording of that? It's like Russian dash cam video. I mean, where would YouTube be without that? Thank God they recorded everything, because now we've got hours of entertainment. This, on the other <laughs> yes. hand, is like, man, I wish I had this conversation taped, right?
1: Ex- exactly, yes, this is the employment law equivalent of the dash cam video. It can be so helpful <laughs> in right. the right situation. <laughs>
0: The number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. you want to reach out through email. It is help at employmenthour.com. Severance Pay Calculator, anytime you want to check that out as well. We will uh, take a short break here, get into the conversation of harassment. And, of course, the phone lines are open. It's a live radio show, a call-in show, so we'd love to hear from you as well. As we continue with the Employment Hour on CKNW. You sure are, and the number to call six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell as we sit here in chat and you wait for your call to be answered, go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out what your severance should be, and hopefully you haven't signed off on anything because uh, you don't want to do that to you uh, talk to Leah and at least check out the severance pay calculator. In that regard, we will get to, uh, to Gary. Thank you for hanging on, uh, Gary, through the break. Go ahead. What's your question?
3: Hi, John. Hi, Leah. How are you?
0: Good. Great
3: um uh last week tuesday um i went back to work i supposedly went back to work uh i usually i uh i start at five in the morning and um i would i got a weird phone call at 4 as i was leaving out the door from my boss saying where's my because i did it for bread and he says where's my truck uh he says um i don't know where's your truck it should be there he says i'm coming in soon he says okay i'll see you soon I thought that kind of be odd that uh, he phones me that early in the morning. I go in there and he's sitting in his office and there's this big envelope. He says, "Well, I need you to read this." So I pulled it out and I, it's termination papers. So I go,
4: "What?"
3: I go, "What's all this about?" Huh. He says, "I'll give you ten minutes. So I'm gonna go out and you you read this and see if everything's accurate." Okay, so I'm reading through it and you know and my uh, you know my record employment is all there and there's a comprehension check and then my paycheck and and i and so he comes back and he says so you read it i says yeah so what is this all about he says well you're um you've been uh terminated from the company and i go well give me a reason for it he says well just you've been uh unperforming i says we're unperforming i says, you guys i didn't get no written warning of anything i says i've done my duties he says, "I can do a better job than you can." And I says, "Really?" I says, "It's not hard to deliver bread." I says, "How, you know?" Anyway, so I said, "I got a family to feed here." I says, "You know?" I says, "What? Well, why would you do this?" I said, "I I dropped a company from fifteen years to come to you, huh. and then you what? After eight months, you tell me that I'm I'm performing?" I you know and. I don't know. He's supposed to give me a 3-month, you know, a 3-month review, a 6-month review, a 12-month review. I didn't get any of it. Mm-hmm. And there was no warning. I went into work like I was I was shocked. Like I just my mouth dropped wide open. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I bet. I don't I uh I don't know. I I'm confused. I don't know what to do about that.
1: And and I'm sorry to hear that, Gary. I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like he handled it very well. Nobody likes to hear at a termination meeting. Well, first of all, nobody likes to hear that their job is being terminated, but you know, it's, it's pretty poor form to then add insult to injury by saying, I can do a better job than you can. I mean, how, how unnecessary yeah. is that? Yeah. Um, I was surprised by that myself. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you haven't been getting any feedback. And, and let me be very oh. clear about one thing. Um, If you haven't been receiving any sort of feedback or any disciplinary warning of any kind, you cannot be terminated for cause, for lack of performing, okay? But he's still within his rights to terminate your employment as long as he provides you with severance pay. And and how much severance is he offered you here, if any?
3: 48 uh, hours. I'm sorry? 48 hours. That's all he paid me for.
1: Like 48 hours, like two days?
3: Oh, well, my, my, give me a severance check of uh, 800 and some odd dollars, that's it, or, okay. or, or a comprehension. And he told me not to cash it if I wanted to seek legal advice, which is why I'm phoning <laughs> you.
1: Okay, well, um, did you sign anything, Gary? No, nope. no. Nope. Okay, so first of all, you can go ahead and cash that check and I recommend that you do. Um, if, you, if you don't have to sign anything in order to do so, then you can go ahead and, and cash that check, and you know, you're you now without an income, and this is last Tuesday, so I presume you know, that money is going to be helpful in some capacity or another, so go ahead and do that. Um, but uh, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about as well is that you mentioned that you had been with a former company for 15 years.
4: Right, yeah. right.
1: Okay, and you left them to come to this one, and I thought I heard that you were there for about eight months. Is that right?
3: That's correct. I, I came in there September the fifth the the of two thousand eighteen. I joined them, and I okay. left a, a job of fifteen years because he wanted me to come over. So,
1: he called ah. you specifically.
3: Yep. Well, he knew I wasn't happy with the job because it was a new owner switch over and things were going down the hill and he knew I wasn't too happy. And he heard I, I wanted to leave, but, mm-hmm. you know, under I wanted to leave under the right terms. Of course. Because uh, I, I had a secure job there, obviously.
1: Yeah, and 15 years said, is a
3: long time. come on over. And he says, come on over. And I did. And yeah, I was, this was thrown in my face last Tuesday.
1: Okay. All right. So, um, did you sign an employment contract or an agreement of any kind when you started with them? No. Okay. So this gets to, better and better. This does get better and better. And Gary, this is this is good news for you. And I understand that you know money isn't everything, and and it's not going to compensate for the the sudden loss of your job necessarily, but uh, it probably will come pretty close in this case. Um, First of all, short service employees in BC are entitled to really long periods of severance, uh, disproportionately long periods of severance. So even if you had been unemployed for years before working with this company and you had then only worked for them for eight months, you could still be looking at, uh, anywhere from two to six months of severance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So quite a bit longer than, than 48 hours already. Yeah, okay. But, there's also this legal principle called inducement and what inducement means is that if you're working for a company for a long period of time and then you are called out of the blue and induced or encouraged to leave that company and come over for a new and better opportunity and then you're fired say eight months later many courts most courts will take those 15 prior years of service and apply that largely to your severance entitlements today. So that will only serve to just bump up that ticker on what you're entitled to in terms of severance. And um, can I ask, Gary, how old you are, if you don't mind answering on air?
4: Well, next
3: week I'll be turning 54.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, and especially in your fifties, employees who are in their fifties and sixties and seventies, of course, fifties and older, are seen to um, generally have a much more difficult time in finding other work. Uh, so that puts the meter higher. and And what was your what was your position?
3: I was a, a driver, a delivery driver.
1: Okay, so you were uh, an in town driver. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so Gary, I would really strongly recommend that you give me a call off air. Um, You're entitled to a lot more than 48 hours. Um, This can likely be easily resolved. So it doesn't involve suing. We don't have to go and throw down that gauntlet. Nine times out of ten, it's just a matter of me writing the company, uh, what ends up often being a strongly worded letter uh, outlining your position, and then we just negotiate a much better severance package for you on your behalf.
3: Oh, Okay, that sounds good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it should.
3: Uh, it makes me feel a little bit better because I mean I had to go to, to unemployment. I haven't done that in a long time, <laughs> and they don't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, it it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't exactly keep the lights on. Um, no. So having having that severance package, um, you know, getting that severance package for you is definitely something that it will help to sustain you until you find another job that pays you what you were earning before. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we have all sorts of different, uh, retainer arrangements. Um, you know, a lot of them are, uh, they, they don't require you to pay us any fees until we recover money for you. So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean that we, we understand that a lot of people who have just been terminated probably need to spend that money on groceries rather than a lawyer. Um, so that's, that's why we, that's why we offered that as well. And so, you know, happy to chat with you off air Um, and, you know, let's get you what you deserve here.
0: Gary, appreciate the call. Here is the number. Please call this number. Trust me. It's (laughs) 604-283-3123. 604-283-3123. Help at uh, employmenthour.com is where you want to go and just but we got a minute till we wrap up. I just want you know as you were talking to Gary, you know, 54 truck drivers so it's a, you know a labor job somewhere the calculator says somewhere between 14 and 16 months months yeah. of severance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so if they were wow. if the, if a court were to include his full 15 years then that's definitely right. what he'd be looking at is 14 to 16 months. But some courts don't, which is why I was hesitating on giving him sure. a total number. Mm-hmm. I think that at a minimum, he's probably looking at six months. Uh, and the fact that he had that wow. longer period of service before is going to put him in a fairly wide range. But yeah, if we get the right judge on the right day uh, and they take the entire 15 years as... Uh, you know, part of what the calculation needs to be for severance, then absolutely it can be 14 to 16 months.
0: We're going to take a short break. AJ, John, I see you guys there. Hang on the line. We will get to you and your calls as well as we continue. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour on CKNW. And you still got plenty of time to call in, ask your questions, get uh get the ball rolling. Anyway, six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. The email address to uh continue on when the show is done. Help at employmenthour dot com. But we will uh we'll move on here and get to uh to John, the next call up on the show. Hey John, uh, good afternoon. How are you?
4: Oh, great. I'm um, calling on behalf of a friend. Uh, really, a friend. Is is English is not the greatest. He's working at the local fitness company and fixing and repairing the machines for the last 16, 17 years. And about six months ago in October, he showed a video to a, to a lady there, a client at the gym and that sort of thing, and inappropriately, inappropriate video, 10 seconds, he knew the girl, but I guess she got upset, and rightly so. But then six months later, he uh, was called into the office and said that six months ago, you showed this video, 10-second video, inappropriately, and he was fired. And it gave him two weeks uh, vacation time, and uh, 16, 17 years, and he's 55 years old. What can he do?
2: Hmm.
1: I think that a lot's going to depend here on what sort of investigation took place, if any, after the incident. Because if, I mean, and I'm not going to ask for details necessarily, but it it sounds like you and your friend... Okay, so it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's certainly inappropriate to show somebody in the workplace Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and could give rise to cause, uh, to terminate uh, employment. But the question here is whether or not that was condoned in any way. So if an investigation was done and he had a disciplinary meeting about it and the company said, you know, don't do this again, and then six months later said, actually, we're going to terminate you for that, then that could be a problem. Right. Because then they'll have seen to have overlooked the transgression six months ago and are now seeking mm. to terminate on that basis, which is not okay. But if, you know, say it took five months for that woman to come forward, which is not at all unheard of, uh, and then the company didn't. In, do, um, implement that investigation until she made that complaint, um, then, you know, unfortunately, it's probably catching your friend a little bit uh, on the blind side, but there's nothing that is illegal about that. So, yeah, uh, yeah in, in my view, I think it would depend pretty heavily on, on what the company did here and if there was any indication ever given to your friend that what he did was okay with the company.
4: He advises me that he was, uh, the lady told them six months ago. And, uh, that's, um, and, uh, and he was just notified about it. Uh, actually uh, last week, that was it. So, okay. uh, I understand what you're saying, but that's what he tells me. Cause I asked them, I go, you know, when, when the, did they talk to you or you never had no disciplinary issues or nothing in the past?
1: Yeah, it's honestly, it's it's a bit of a tough one because um, I mean that is that is something that's being taken very seriously these days and, and rightfully Absolutely. so, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I
4: place at the wrong time.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, and I and I it doesn't sound like you disagree with me, and I don't, I doubt that your friend would disagree with me either, um, but I I don't know that this is something that is actionable by him unless the company gave him a, a firm indication. That this was something that they were willing to overlook. and and that doesn't even need to be explicit. If this woman made the complaint six months ago and then an investigation or meetings were held, and then nothing came of it, then then that might be something that that yeah. we could make that we could make an argument of. Um, but if nothing was done, it could just be that the company was, you know, waiting to get her permission to, to bring that information forward as the reason for termination. There could be a lot of things going on behind the scenes to account for the six months delay. So I think that we would need pretty strong evidence that it was specifically condoned or overlooked by the employer in order mm-hmm. to, to sue for cause. I agree with you that otherwise working for that long and having a disciplinary free history, um, that that would make it very difficult for an employer to terminate for cause. Uh, but there are some things that, uh, that I think... are are harder to overcome than others for an employee and one of them would constitute what it sounds like was done here you know and that's kind of along the lines of of theft or fraud as well it's just it's a trust issue at that point between the employer and the employee okay great thank you very much you're welcome john thanks
0: thanks john appreciate that and uh we'll move on now as we uh, continue on here to to robin hey robin good afternoon how are you
2: Hello, I'm good, thank you. Um, so my question is, is I got fired from my job last year in June, and I haven't done anything about it, but I've been listening to your show and the Employment Hour, and I'm just wondering if there's a statute of limitations, or can I still, um, can I still come and see you and do something about them firing
0: me?
1: Yes, Robin, give me a call. It, there is a statute of limitations, but it's two years. Awesome, perfect, thank you. That's the only question I had. I will be calling you. Thanks. Good, you're
2: welcome.
0: Thanks, Robin. Short and sweet and to the point. uh, 604-283-3123. Robin is the number to reach out, get a hold of Leah or help at employmenthour.com. And as we said, always remember, severancepaycalculator.com is the uh, the place to go. Still got a few minutes here. That means you have a few minutes to call in and get your questions answered, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. want to uh, touch on on a few emails because I don't know if we're going to have time to get uh, fully into harassment, so let's uh, bounce down to Courtney. says, says, I think I've been wrongfully dismissed. My company told me that they were terminating me because of a restructuring, but... They just hired someone to take my position. So what can I do?
1: Yeah, that comes up a lot. And that's, this is actually one of the, the questions that forms the basis of one of our, uh, you know, top 10 myths about employment law is that, um, you know, the reason for your termination matters from a legal perspective. Um, and and it does matter, I think, for a lot of different reasons. But legally speaking, your company. Um, lying, which is what it sounds like in this case, the company lying about the reason for your termination and then hiring somebody else to take your position, uh, you know, if they told you it was a restructuring, that is not illegal. It's, it's unfair. It's, you know, it's not particularly uh, cool of them to do, but it's not illegal. Um, So that in and of itself doesn't mean you've been wrongfully dismissed. The reason for your termination is not generally what we are referring to when we talk about a wrongful dismissal. Um, When we say somebody has been wrongfully dismissed, we generally mean 98% of the time that you aren't getting the severance that you're entitled to. You know, so Robin, right. who just called, if she didn't get the severance that she was entitled to last June, that's a wrongful dismissal. i'm I'm not even going to ask about the reason for her termination, whether it was honest, whether it was a a lie, you know what what she thinks about it, unless there's any kind of um inclination or thought that the reason was discriminatory. So if you're an employee and you think uh, you know, if this if this Courtney individual thinks that, the lie about being restructured to be replaced by somebody else was because she just got pregnant or because she uh, recently had an injury in the workplace and needs some form of accommodation. If you, can, if you can tie your termination in any way to one of the protect, protected grounds under the BC Human Rights Code, such as uh, gender, sexual orientation or identification, um, disability, uh, race, uh, religion, any of those things, then the reason for your termination does become illegal. And that's something that you can pursue through the Human Rights Tribunal. But in that case, that's really just known as discriminatory conduct. That's not a wrongful dismissal. So when we're talking about wrongful dismissals, we mean you haven't been provided with the severance that you're entitled to. Uh, and that is, um, that's what's what's the most important thing here. That's why we encourage you to always have your contracts reviewed. And that is why we encourage you, that's why we invented the severance pay calculator so that you you, yep. you know what your severance uh, entitlements are. That's really the only way that you're protected in the event of a without cause termination.
0: Got about a minute and a half or so, a little more left here. I'm going to slide this one in quickly from Jenny. She says, I just realized, hey, my boss isn't pay me overtime. Can I sue them? How do I get it back?
1: Yeah, so, uh, obviously not paying overtime is, is a huge problem. Um, and with the, um, exception of a couple of exceptions, I didn't know who else to say that. With the exceptions of some exceptions, um, most employees in British Columbia are entitled to overtime. Uh, the biggest exception is a manager. So if you are a true manager, uh, you know, being that you've got, you know, hiring and firing authority, you are overseeing and supervising people, uh, you know, doing the schedule, things like that, then it's likely that you're not entitled to overtime under the Employment Standards Act. But, um, you know, absent being Uh, qualifying under one of these exceptions, you are entitled to overtime. And if you aren't being paid overtime, you can and should, absolutely should pursue that. Um, The best way to do that, though, is not to sue them. Um, In fact, you can't really sue your employer. You. You have to, in most cases, bring a complaint to the Employment Standards Branch, which is what, you know, the, we throw it back to the beginning of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. you've got to make the complaint to the Employment Standards Branch. If you can prove that, you know, as part of your contract, you were entitled to overtime or that you had a history of being paid overtime payments, then you can sue them. Then you can, uh, pursue them civilly. But otherwise, you've got to do it through the Employment Standards Branch.
0: Done for another afternoon, my friend. Good stuff. Thank you for all of your phone calls as well. You want to continue and get a hold of Leah now that we're done until uh, next weekend. No problem. 604-283-3123. That email address again is help at employmenthour.com. You can always go to VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca is the website for more more contact. And always, always, always refer to severancepaycalculator.com anytime you're wondering what that number should be as well. Till next time, the Employment Hour here on CKNW.